0: He had like a lightning bolt blouse, and I was already over (laughs) it with the lightning bolt blouse.
1: (laughs) He's like climbing fences in his lightning bolt blouse. Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists, and your K Romance guides. So grab some duck bokeh and listen to your new favorite, Unease. So, hello.
0: Hi there. We're missing everybody.
1: I know I always <laughs> it. it feels weird to like start talking with all the hey everybody we are missing Leah tonight. I don't
0: even remember why do you remember chorus concert <laughs> that's it. she's at a chorus concert we <laughs> all have it. had like I had a choir co- I had my daughter's choir festival last week. Leah mm-hmm. has her daughter's choir concert tonight mm-hmm. and then you have something next week. you're out of town yeah I have a I have a conference yeah. So it's
1: it's it's for me not not my kids but yeah, I don't. We don't have choir concerts. Although my daughter does play violin now, so
2: orchestra um, concerts. Eventually, yeah.
1: So speaking yeah. of my daughter, I just have to tell you she. So I we talked last podcast when we were well the the podcast about all of us are dead. Yeah. Um, I talked about how my daughter is watching it now, and she's, how old is she? Like
0: sh- she'll be ten in March. I'm just <laughs> she'll be ten in March. I'm. She's <laughs> barely nine and a half. <laughs> This is when they still just, count the halves too. I just rounded up. You totally did. Cause my son will be 14 in March, but like, I know, he's 13 I know, I know. for five more months.
1: I know, but she's always loved. She likes scary movies. She likes horror movies. Like, so. Wasn't she into that zombie age, show on Disney? Yes. She liked the, yeah. the zombie show on Disney. Then she she watched Sharknado, and I'm talking she watched every Sharknado multiple times. I watched Sharknado like, with
0: Connor when he was younger, too. He,
1: yeah, she was like six. I mean, it, but it was like, this is the thing. She really, she likes like Gore. monster type violence. I don't think she likes, you know, people being violent. That, like she that's doesn't the only like violence
0: that. I like is monster. I mean, Same. And, and I don't mean like I like it, but that's the only violence I'll tolerate. Because I don't want to see people hurting people.
1: Right. And I don't think she does either. So, but she loves that type of stuff. So, she had originally watched Stranger Things. And, you know, I think I've mentioned that before. But she loves Stranger Things. Like, I mean, deep dive into that show, like cried every season because you know in every season there's like a beloved character of who course. dies it's just the way it is cried and cried and yeah and she just really likes like she likes to be scared she's been asking to go to like haunted woods around me but we live in pennsylvania and the haunted woods around here are like no joke has she watched so, a quiet place that would be a good one oh the movie yeah
0: that would be a good okay one. that's a good one I'll,
1: there's two okay. and there's two of them now Thank you. Mm-hmm. I will make that recommendation to her because she's been asking, like, what well, can I watch after Stranger Things? So right now she's watching All of Us Are Dead. So that's just, like, her interest. And you know what? I let her do it because she's still a kind kid. Like, you know, her teachers assure me she's kind. She's sweet. She's good. Yeah, so watching like, okay.
0: Stranger Things is not going to turn her into Vecna. Yeah, nor is I'm watching like, All okay. of Us Are Dead going to turn her into a zombie. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> or did it?
1: <or> <laughs> no. i so at school, they had to draw pumpkins and as like, you know, an art assignment or something. And Hazel, of course, wanted to make hers gory because she's Hazel. <laughs> I just, you know, I have not seen this pumpkin. Okay, but she was I I saw her when she was working on it. She was in her room. She had like all her art supplies out on her desk. She was really into it and she was very excited about it. And she showed me like as she was working on it, but I did I never really saw the the final product, but she was I just I'm just saying like I was like there and she was also super excited. Well, then she comes home and she's like, "Um, so <laughs> the teachers told me that it's too gory and they won't hang it in the hallway." So then, did you see it? No, I still haven't seen it. And I was like, Hazel. I was like, Did anyone else get their art like held back? She's like, No, just me. <laughs> is she sad? No, I think she maybe feels a little pride. Okay, okay. okay. And it just, I guess the funniest part about this is that she is pretty much the smallest one in her class. She's very short. She's very little. Very petite. Like blonde hair, blue eyes, looks like innocent as hell. And then she's the
0: one. She's the one who draws a super gory pumpkin. (laughs) Who draws a super gory pumpkin. Please, when you see it, take a picture and put it on our Instagram because we all need to see the gloriousness of this pumpkin.
1: Because I said, are you going to get this back? Like, I want to see it. And they didn't like email me. So clearly the teachers aren't concerned. They didn't email me. They did mention at conferences that she's into goriness but that and horror but they're not too concerned because she also she also picks scary books like that's what she picks she goes to scholastic book fair she wants like rl stein type stuff you know what i mean and that's like sure that's what she likes that's what she likes so and i'm not gonna like especially if she's reading i am definitely not going to discourage it and also those types of books like i love stephen king when i was little i loved rl stein like i did i love that stuff too so it's not really a surprise but I can't wait to see <laughs> this pumpkin because they said they're going to give it back to her. Uh They're just not going to hang it in the hallway with the rest of her class. <sighs> I was worried she was going to be upset, but she's not. So that's good. But I just find it hysterical that, like, <laughs> my little
0: girl <laughs> got her art held back. <sighs> so gory. I can't wait. Like, how do you make yeah. a pumpkin gory? Like, I want to see. I guess she said, like, she had a knife stabbing it, which, you know, that might do it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I even think – she like, I think I remember she had, like, a body attached to it. Like, she did a whole thing. Oh, wow. And that's the thing. I do feel a little bad because she really went all out for this pumpkin, so. But
0: um, if she's kind of we'll proud see? of squicking out the teachers, then,
1: you know. I think she kind of is. Um, But she's always – like, she loves to do art. So that's another thing. I bet it looked very realistic. <laughs> Like, it's not like it was a bunch of scribbles and she's like this is a knife stabbing a right. pumpkin like you could probably really tell it was you know <laughs> i cannot wait to see it we need a picture but then for this. halloween she's dressing up as an m&m like she's not not like <laughs> a zombie friend, m&m no not a zombie m&m she might try to well that, i mean honestly her halloween costumes were always really crazy she was a zombie cheerleader one year I, I don't know if you remember those pictures because i went all out she was a really good zombie i cheerleader. feel like you do it, yeah yeah, and then she was like a zombie angel one year. I mean, maybe I'll post some of her Halloween costumes that I've done, because she definitely likes the gore. This is actually the nicest costume she'll, she'll probably ever uh, have. But anyway, we're not speaking about gore tonight, though.
0: Well, not really. No, no, not really. We're speaking about hospice life. <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know of a good segue.
1: Yeah, I' sorry. From from
0: from zombies to hospice, but yeah, you know it's where we are. Whatever. I'm <laughs> I'm frazzled. I had my own kids, like parent teacher conferences tonight. I literally was like walking in yeah. the door, and we're supposed to be logging on, and then we had technical issues, and yeah, here we are. So we got it sorted out now. We're good. We're good. So, and we are excited to talk
1: about this drama. We are. Lot, I mean, like we both let's, loved it.
0: Let's start by stating an yeah. undeniable fact here that we here at Afternoon of Delight are G Chang Wook fangirls. Woo-hoo. And I think it's safe to say that other than Eternal Love by Michael Ernst to Rock, or MLTR as we know they're now called, Ji Cheng wook is one of the things we love most about the drama Healer, which is why we were thrilled to find out that he had not one, but two new dramas in 2022. And while we were compelled to binge The Sound of Magic, the drama left us with much head-scratching and a still-unquenched thirst for a story that would grab us by the throat and give us feels upon feels upon feels and then came if you wish upon me so Megan did this drama bring the feels
1: so I do I want to mention a couple things before I like outright answer this question okay I will tell you that when I first heard about this drama and that Ji Chang woke was starring in it and I remember that the premise was just like I read about it on Twitter so I first I read the title if you wish upon me and I was like and then I read the premise was like oh you know team genies Fulfill wishes of hospice patients. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding?" Like, I am sorry, but I was like, "I'm that's not up my alley." Like, I'm not into this premise. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I want to see Ji Chang Wook in something cool. Like, I was really not into it. You know, I wasn't happy. So you and reluctantly hopped into episode one. Honestly, when it dropped, reluctantly right? hopped in. And the reason I did was because then I started seeing some like stills from the first episode, and Ji Chang Wook is like covered in tattoos wearing gangster suits. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what is happening? Because Ji Chang-wook covered in t- tattoos wearing gangster suits is up my alley. <laughs> like tenfold. So I started watching the first episode. And I remembered you said, because I was like, guys, I am, I'm obsessed. Like I was after really- After every
0: episode in our yeah. Slack chat, she's like, after every episode, you guys, I am so yeah. obsessed with this drama. I'm so obsessed. Exactly. And and I remember you said,
1: okay, are you obsessed because it's a good drama or is right. it the magic of Ji Chang-wook? And I will say a little bit of both, but definitely the magic of Ji Chang-wook is what made this drama for me as compelling as it was. And, and I would say an amazing cast. Yes. Like the acting of this drama. Oh my God. But Ji Chang-wook definitely helmed this thing. I mean, he was driving the train. He was the conductor. Okay. And he did amazing.
0: And he was driving the train and not driving a carousel horse up into the sky. No.
1: <laughs> and so, I mean, when it comes to the feels, like this had a stupid number of feels, almost too much, almost too many feels. Um, I mean, I was crying in episode one yep. and like sobbing by episode two. I cried over people, a dog and a musical. What a better musical. <laughs> sound of magic. <laughs> I do want to say that the feels reminded me of how I felt when I watched Tomorrow. So if you haven't watched Tomorrow, it's, um, essentially it's about a, about Grim Reapers who are, can I say like an anti-suicide squad? That's, I mean, I mean that's that's basically what, they what they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they're like, you know, trying to convince people that there's a reason to live and kind of vignette and, despite the fact that people do die i mean a lot of these you know they have to like talk to ghosts essentially it still gave me i don't know it was still almost like happy tears in a way so i mean we'll get to it but if you wish upon me was set in a hospice so people die that's not a spoiler and yet like tomorrow my tears felt cathartic yes absolutely and so i would say yeah yeah Yeah. And so I would say for a drama about a hospice, there was sure a lot of healing. Yes.
0: So if you're not familiar with the drama, or even if you are, we'll give you a little overview here and then followed by some spoiler free discussion. So as always, when we get to the spoiler section, we'll give you a heads up in case you need to pause, watch the drama and come on back. But if you wish upon me, so Yun-Gyo-Ri is Ji-Ching-Wook and his life has been tough he lived in an orphanage and also spent some time in a juvenile detention center and prison. Okay, the the drama starts with him getting out of prison and he struggles to basically live a normal life. He begins to volunteer at a hospice. And there along with his dying dog son. This is not a spoiler. We know son is dying in episode yeah, 1. You know he's terminal yes. right away. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yep. He works with volunteer leader, uh, volunteer team leader, Kang Tae-shik, who's played by our, one of our favorite addresses, uh, Dong Il, mm-hmm. and nurse Seo Yeon Ju, which is played by Soo Young. All three are part of Team Genie, a group of volunteers who grant last wishes to hospice patients before they die. Much of the first half of the drama, like Megan was just saying, involves vignettes of certain patients, their wishes, and how Team Genie turns dreams into reality. But on top of that is the frame story of Yoon gyo re and his struggle to find happiness, to believe that he deserves happiness, and to learn how to open his heart to an unlikely found family and, of course, a little bit of romantic love. As Megan already brought up, this drama is not for the faint of heart. Most of the drama takes place either in the hospice or on a team genie mission, which ultimately ends in a hospice patient dying. Trigger warnings for abuse, self-harm, suicide, death by natural causes, death by a very tragic accident, and death by murder. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> which leads me to our next question. Is this a bingeable drama? Why or why not?
1: I mean, it's so hard because I really think it depends on what kind of mood you're in and how this drama hits you. So I was watching it live for the first half. So that means I only had to watch two episodes a week and I would wait because, you know, it it aired like Wednesday and Thursday, I think. And I would wait on wait till Thursday because I wanted to watch both episodes together because I knew I would not only I would want more than an hour. You know what I mean? And I think that if all the episodes are out, especially the beginning, I really think I would have, like, binged it like crazy and immersed myself in it. I think I just watched it at the right time for me. I don't know how really how else to say it. Because I, I do think maybe if you're, I don't know, having a bit of a rough patch, maybe you should stick to a rom-com. But <laughs> for me, I don't know. It was just, like, yeah. worked. And I think part of it is, I mean, you start the drama and Guillory is absolutely, just tragically damaged. I mean it's sad and i think part of that that kind of character is always going to get me to binge because i just want to get to that part where his like shell starts cracking and it did happen like early on like episode two we start seeing like a crack in that hard shell and you realize that he is like just mush and jelly beneath so much mush and jelly so (laughs) so much and and so that was for me bingeable i guess i'd say
0: yeah i mean I think you can kind of divide the drama in half. And the first half is all the vignettes that's packed into, you know, the the beginning part of the drama. And for me, that was hard to watch because they I'm telling you, like you had these random patients at the hospice. And in two episodes, let's say their vignette takes two episodes, you're completely immersed in their story. Like they're complete three dimensional characters. You care about them. You know that they're going to pass away. And so I, it was very emotional for me the first half. And so I did not binge the first half. Then you get into the like gangster murdery stuff in the second half. And I crazy binged that. Like, because I, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop. I just wanted, I wanted to know what happened. Because I'm like, what? Like, because there's some bonkers stuff that happens. And we love bonkers here. So it's it's all mm-hmm. good. But I needed to know what happened. And I didn't know how this was going to end. You know, I I had no idea. And you kept saying that, like, because you watched it, you know, when you were watching the first half ahead of me, when you were popping into Slack, you're like, I have no idea where this is going to go. But so far, it's awesome. I don't know what kind of a landing it's going to stick, but so far, so good. And we'll get to that. We'll talk about the end. But yeah, it is one of those that you're like, I don't, there's so much craziness going on in the framework of the story. That, you know, you spend this time kind of lulled into the hospice patients and their team genie wishes, and then all of a sudden, the big story of the main characters gets really going, and you're like, oh, shit, I don't know what's going to happen here. And that's what made me want to binge.
1: Yeah, and it's a weird mix, because you also have this, like, wonderful, like, hospice where the staff is amazing, and they're kind and caring. And many of them seem to live there. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, we'll get to that. But, you know, I mean, and they just want to help gyo Ray and Sue Young is... Amazing like the opening scene is basically them making fake snow for a patient who's dying because he wants to see snow and that's what they do for him they yeah. give him fake snow and it's I think I started crying and I was like it's like 10 minutes in what is happening yeah and then so you have that and you're like, oh okay so is that the tone of the drama and then all of a sudden you like switch this like gangster guy who's like beating someone with a golf club and you're like, wait a minute like where what it's like a weird juxtaposition but in the end, um, I think they meshed every, I mean, it was still bonkers, but I thought it meshed as, probably as best as it could. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Well, this, as I mean, as you said, look, the drama, the, the drama has a stellar, stellar cast. And we know we came here for Ji chang but who was someone else from the cast who snuck up on you and made you an unexpected fangirl?
0: I mean, Nam Tae-hoon, Nam Tae-hoon, Nam Tae-hoon. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm him as suck june yeah so he is i would call him a secondary lead wouldn't you like he's the second male lead
1: but with his own separate romance with his own it's
0: not like a love triangle and and we'll yeah we'll get to that later but like Mm -hmm. he has a full like sort of rich story you know as much as you can get from like the the second lead and i and he's the villain in the beginning i mean he's the villain Mm -hmm. he's one of the villains this is not again, not a spoiler. Like you know, in the very beginning, as soon as yo Ray gets out of prison, Suctun's looking for him. Mm-hmm. Cause he's got money that he owes like the first scene. Yeah, it's the first scene. But I I kept texting Megan and I was like, why am I so like ass over elbows, like wanting a happy ending for this guy? I'm crying for him. Like And he's a million red flags. Yeah. So many. <laughs> he so many. But like, like king of red flags. <laughs> okay. I love him in the fictional world. Yeah, I know. I know. I agree. I just, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Tae Hoon. What else is he in? I need to know. I want to, you know, is he a male lead in something? So when I looked him, I looked him up, you know, after this. Mm-hmm. And he's got, he's got a buzz cut just for, for anybody who's listening. He's got a buzz cut in this drama. So when I looked him up and saw him with hair, I'm like, who is that dude? Oh, shoot. I have to look that up. He looks so different. Oh, I love him. I know. Yeah, I
1: mean, same. I I gotta, you know, Nan I'm gonna look what other dramas he's in because I want to see him. I mean, he's so antagonistic and such a jerk and so many
0: red flags. But but oh my you God. feel for him, yeah. Um, and he's and not. Like, he's and he's he's not like 20 years old either. He's born in 1987, so he's not. You know, nice. Okay, so like five years younger. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean. He acted, Nan Tae Hoon acted his face off in this role. I mean, fantastic. It was a surprisingly emotional role, and I didn't expect that. So I thought he was going to be kind of a one-note antagonist, kind of like a gangster guy. He might have a little bit of a story, but I fully did not expect where they took his character. And I freaking loved it. So, I mean, yeah, it's so hard for me, because there's so many good cast members, but he's one of the ones who's really going to stick with me. I would say the other... I really, really loved Yang Chi-hoon. So he's the doctor at the hospice. And he was, like, he was walking green flags, like, through and through. He was very type A. In a way, he kind of reminded me of Amy because he's like, give me the rules. I understand the assignment. And I will follow those rules. And I will do the assignment. But, like, those rules are in place for a reason. And we're going to follow them.
0: Like, I felt for him because, like, at a hospice. Like, he was against the whole Team Genie situation because it, like, It sometimes interfered with patients' medical care. That's what I'm saying. Like he's a doctor. He's a doctor. Like, I never
1: faulted him (laughs) when he was like, you guys got to chill out. Like, I never (laughs) faulted him. And he was so cute with his little glasses and his little white coat. And he really cares about the patients. He kept the hospital running. He's kind. He gives good gifts. He takes Sue Young on good dates. But he's just... He's not right for her. No. I mean, this was not a There love wasn't triangle. chemistry. There wasn't chemistry. There was no chemistry, but he's so sweet. So, yes. so sweet. And I just really, I felt for his character, but I also, I really did love the role. And I thought the actor did a fantastic job because, and again, I, I like that they didn't kind of just make him this like bland doctor. Right. They really gave him that like type A personality that made sense for who he was and gave him a natural conflict with Young and right. kind of like with Team Genie. I thought it was really, really good.
0: I liked him too. I want to back up yeah. for one second back to Jun just because I thought yeah. of a really good comp for him. And that was okay. Guang Il from My Mister. Yeah. So Guang Il played by John Ki-young, who he was the one, he was the Lone Shark who was always... <gasps> yes. Yeah. Yes. I would say that that is very, a very good comp. A good comp character in that like I... That was not the one where I was like, "I love this guy. I should yeah, not, but I do." You no, know? it's like a terrible guy, but you understand. Um, but, but he had, but it wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't terrible for being terrible' sake, right? Like yeah. he was broken, and suck like June is broken, and yeah. there's. I a would reason. say suck
1: June's e- is more yeah. sympathetic. Yeah, sorry, that's the word I was like. Yeah, he's more sympathetic,
0: but oh yeah
1: i just want to go back to that story like i
0: honestly wanted to like live in that storyline with him i want a whole drama of them and oh, i want a whole drama of them i do we'll talk we'll talk about them we'll talk about we'll them talk. a little bit but like again this is not a spoiler because you know in the beginning but and this is you and me megan like why do we keep watching dramas with dying dogs like right? terminal dogs to do
1: this i want i want leah to watch these because i want to know if she even cries over these dogs I'm not saying she's, like, cold-hearted, but she doesn't really care about pets a whole lot, and I'm just curious if she would cry as hard over these dogs as you and I have. And then we'll have her watch Imaginary Cat. Like, she'll never watch these, but... Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just... I'm I'm tired of crying over dogs that
0: I don't own. So, and I And they aren't even real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. When we watch tomorrow, and, again, not a spoiler, everybody that they're helping, some there's some, like, you know, suicide situation, and sometimes it's because they're terminally ill. There's a terminally ill dog. And I I messaged Megan, I'm like, okay, episode nine is about a dog, and I'm like, I thought I was going to, like, laugh it off. And then I messaged her after the episode, I said, and now I am crying for a dog named Kong. Kong. Like, a scraggly little dog named Kong. And I cried. Yeah. And I cried for son. I have, like, two
1: phases of my life, and that's before Kong (laughs) and after Kong. Okay, like that dog's death impacted me <laughs>
0: so much. <laughs> I mean, if if you want if you want a compelling dog story, this dog did not want its human to suffer watching him die, and so he tried to run into traffic. <laughs> That's
1: so. Good. I, know it's, I don't mean to laugh. I know. it's not, It's like, oh god, yeah. And then this drama, uh, freaking, and that dog is like. It's a huge part. I mean, son is just- dying
0: for much of the drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a duel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Anyway. Okay. Dying dogs. <laughs> Let's hope there's not one in the dramas I'm watching right now. So yeah, no more. So this is something that has been on my mind a lot. <laughs> this is only a clothing spoiler, but can we please talk about Yoon Gyo gangster suit? That has the giant, and I mean giant, sequined skull on the back of the suit jacket. Does this look work for you? <laughs> Does it work simply because Ji-Ting Wook is in the suit? It didn't, it obviously did not work for me. Like, I kept messaging Megan. I'm like, when is he not wearing these suits anymore? She did. She, I, that was I mean, one he had of like the like a lightning He had like a lightning bolt blouse and I was already over <laughs> it with the lightning bolt
1: blouse. <laughs> like climbing fences in his lightning bolt blouse
0: <laughs> oh god But the the sequined skull suit and i mean it takes up the entire back of the jacket you guys like the entire and show back. it a lot
1: yeah i mean his gangster clothes in the beginning of the drama are truly like a chef's kiss <laughs> closet of awful <laughs> the one was like really bright and almost psychedelic i mean i don't know ji chang book makes it work but i will i'm i was not sad <laughs> when he basically switches over to to some nice athleisure yes. halfway through. Then you know, it was like <laughs> he went like full he went like full old navy after this. He did. He did. And I was I was like thank god. Yes. Thank god. He looked really great in like his hoodies and his sweatpants and yeah. his sneakers. Like go with that, buddy. And then he did put on like a real suit. Like maybe two or three times yes in the drama yes. and then thank god but like but where no more skill suit those.
0: <laughs> he, i i want to know like, was that made for the drama or is there like a <laughs> rack somewhere in a store that's got those in every size it's like an ed hardy like cast <laughs> <laughs> so you're you are too young i don't know if this store existed in malls for you when you were in high school but it did for me and it was a store called merry-go-round and no it, i've never heard of that it it was a a mall star and this suit totally totally would have been a merry-go-round I'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) oh god
1: alright well now we're getting to everybody's favorite segment of the week and that's our K-pop Wreck of the Week and this week we have Amy
0: so I am going to recommend a song that I have never heard in fact (laughs) nobody has ever heard it (laughs) not as of this recording (laughs) not as of this recording but BTS's Jin my bias Kim Suk Jin his song The Astronaut that he co-wrote with Coldplay drops on Friday the 28th so right now we're recording this on Wednesday the 26th so I have not heard the song yet but I'm gonna recommend it anyway because I'm gonna love it and it's gonna be on our playlist he co-wrote this with Coldplay and how can this not be you know fantastic The teaser photos that they've been dropping are driving me crazy. They just dropped a teaser video, like a 38-second video on YouTube, and it is just Jin with glow-up hair and makeup in a suit on some rocks in a desert with a crashed UFO. And And it looks awesome. Is he an astronaut? Is he an alien? Like, I don't know. I want to know. I don't know. And then to top this off... Coldplay is playing a show in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, on Friday, and they invited Jin to come debut the song, sing it live for the first time with them, and he's going to. And so I need to find out where I can see this. So hopefully, by the time that you are hearing this podcast, you are all freaking out about The Astronauts. It's going to be amazing. And yeah, Kim Suck Jin. Jin from BTS. The Astronauts. Can't wait. Yay! If you enjoy our podcast, you
2: have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon to Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, blow up your skin with K-Merch Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So time for spoiler town, which means you're welcome to stay with us. If you've seen
1: If You Wish Upon Me or if you don't mind getting spoiled, I will say if you do plan on watching If You Wish Upon Me, I think you should save yourself some spoilers. Uh, there I think some there are some surprises, for sure. Yeah, there's some cool twists, and I think you should, yeah, watch it. Otherwise, feel free to hit pause, come on back, when you've experienced the wild ride that is this drama. So speaking of wild ride, <laughs> despite us both loving this drama, the plot does go off the rails at points. Did this detract from your love, or are you able to toss logic out the window and just giddy up out of logic town? <laughs> <laughs> on a flying horse
0: on a merry-go-round. <laughs> stop. I'll never stop a Sound of Magic I know, references. I know. You know, and, and I've already mentioned this, like every character in here, like even some of the side-side characters have backstory. And I think if you pack a drama with three-dimensional characters who are beloved by the viewers, which at least they were for me, offer emotional storylines that hit you straight in the feels, give multiple romances with actors who have buckets of chemistry, and – don't make Ji Chang Wook a magician who grooms teens, then you can overlook, (laughs) I think, some glaring plot holes. At least I can.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say the last about four episodes really (laughs) go off off the rails. (laughs) No one is calling the cops, despite many reasons to do so. There is arson, a literal (laughs) gang fight in a hospice, with zero security, and also apparently patients who can sleep through a bat crashing into a computer screen. (laughs) And then an almost too late declaration of love from our secondary leads. I mean, it was bananas. And yet, like, I didn't care. Because like Amy said, almost every single character, except for like the main villain, which we have to talk about. His story was was kind of bleh. But everyone else <laughs> had really an yeah. amazing story. Although the staff, the patients, just, it was, you know so full i guess that's how i felt like it was and yeah if you make me care about the characters i'll follow them through anything and that's what i did with this drama
0: (laughs) i mean one of the most bonkers things that i just i forgot about until just now and this i'm not making light of suicide by any means but jung kyung our second female lead tries to commit suicide multiple times i mean that's it happens in the beginning of the drama and it happens you know midway through it and when she does it on screen she tries jumping off the roof of a building several stories up she doesn't die i'm happy about this but the only explanation that we get when she's in the emergency room she's got like a broken arm is the doctor bruises the doctor says she's lucky because she bounced off an obstacle on her way (laughs) down (laughs) like what I, First of all, we saw we saw
1: that building. There was no obstacles. This wasn't a John Wick thing where
0: he like hit five things on the way down, right? Like,
1: I and don't. Wouldn't that hurt more? Like, right. I that's.
0: When, that, I was like, okay. I, I was like, okay. Let's say she like bounced on an awning, and there was no awning. The awning right. would send her flying. Even it's like that. It's like that episode of The Office where where Michael Scott wants to fake that he's jumping off the building onto like a bounce house. Do you remember that? And like. Mm-hmm people are like, oh, he's gonna die. Like, if he does that, like, yeah, there's, look, there's physics involved. There's velocity. I'm not going to pretend to know all the equations. But I think that if she bounced off of something, she just would have gained more momentum.
1: I mean, it's just weird. It's, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> defying physics. here. Yes.
0: <laughs> so anyway, that was one of the biggest bonkers things for me that I, that was the one thing that I just couldn't shut up about. Everything else, I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, let's, Let's hit computers with bats in a hospice and everybody right. sleep through it it's all good <laughs> <laughs> through it. i just ah! yeah i know but in every other scene if there's even like
1: someone raising their voice all the patients are like craning their necks you know what i mean it was like very convenient when like patients were overhearing yes. things so as we talked about earlier this drama is told mostly in vignettes in the first half and the second half focuses more on our leads and like kind of the gangster type drama so what was your favorite vignette and how much did it make you cry so all of them made me
0: cry. But the one that really got me, I think, is a little bit of a surprising one. And it's the one with Sajin's revenge wish for her boyfriend, who was involved in a hit and run. And here's why. So first, like a bit of context, if you haven't watched and are still listening, or if you forgot this one. But Seo Jin, played by Jun Chae Eun, is a volunteer at the hospice. She's a high school student. She's and, so cute. She's I love so her. She's so cute. But she's a bit of an outcast at school because of some supposed shady goings on at her parents' karaoke parlor. But one person does not shun her, and that's Hyung Jun, played by Yo Wan of the boy group Pentagon. So one night, when the two are talking on the phone together, Hyung Jun is crossing the street. Again, this is at night. So we know that's the kiss of death in K drama, crossing a street, especially, <laughs> especially at the night in the nighttime. <laughs> yeah. He gets hit by a drunk driver who we later learn was driving with his preteen daughter in the car. The man flees the scene because he's a, you know, like a big CEO. He flees the scene of the crime, but So figures out who the culprit is and wants him to pay so she lies and says that young Jun like basically had like a moment of consciousness because he's in the hospital in a coma she lies and said that he says that Hyung Jun had a wish for Team genie and it was to expose the driver and you know make him pay for what he did so she shows up at his daughter's school and confronts the girl for knowing what happened and it's terrible and heartbreaking and at the end of the ordeal the young girl, hugs Sojun and June loses it because the girl should hate her for what she just did to her. And instead, you know, this young girl, this girl younger than her is reacting with compassion, like something that she's never gotten from her own peers. And then she convinces her father to tell the truth and they actually go to the hospital and he admits what he did. And I think a big, one of the big themes of this drama is kids paying for the mistakes of their parents. And we get to see Sojun learn this by apologizing to the girl, telling her that it's not her fault, and hopefully easing her own burden of her own parents, you know, sort of like shady business. And then she also learns that revenge does not satisfy like you think it would. And I don't know, mm-hmm. the connection between these two girls at the end of that vignette just really got me. And also, Hyung Jun doesn't die at the end. <laughs> surprise,
1: surprise. Yeah. I really loved the high school character, So Joon. I just... Like, I like that they give her, like, a back, like, I like that they give her depth. That's what I'm saying. Like, this drama had so many characters with so much depth. And I really loved that. And that, yeah, that story was one of my favorites. And I, I should cry a lot. But I'm going to have to go with Im played by a pod favorite, Park Jinju. I truly haven't seen her in a role like this. So she's usually very plucky and snarky and fun loving. But in this, um, she's dying of cancer and she's in pain and she's sick. And she's not always nice. You know, she calls Soo Young, uh, the female lead, a bitch at one point because she's like, give me pain medication. Yeah. And she's sort of a cynical realist, which maybe sounds like an oxymoron, but just go with it. I liked her character. I thought she was unique. So her dream for Team Genie, because she's she's she is dying, is to start a musical with her actor crush, Pyo Gute. So she wrote this musical, which makes it all the more special. And she gets all the staff to play parts in it. And I love this plot point. Because while it's a vignette and it's like focusing on Sehi, it further shows how close the staff is mm-hmm. and how Gio Rey is being drawn into this found family. Like this, all of it was meshed very well. It meaning really was. like all All the vignettes with Gio Rey's journey, which is one thing that I felt was a little lacking in tomorrow. I thought the vignettes took over and I wasn't getting enough of like the main lead story and that. Was I would say absolutely that's not the case with If You Wish Upon Me. Agree. Yeah. So there's some drama around the musical because her health takes a turn for the worst. And our poor doctor is like, she can't do this. This our poor beleaguered doctor who's just trying to do the right thing. But she kind of, you know, rallies and she performs. And She's beautiful and she sings like an angel. And there's a point where her boyfriend shows up and you don't know who this guy is. He just kind of shows up and he's he's watching this musical. Because
0: you think she has a crush on the idol. Yeah on the actor
1: yeah and then we kind of get this like flashback and we realize that you know this is her boyfriend they were in love and they both wanted to like be musical actors together but then you know she got cancer and um he had to quit because of like vocal issues and it was like watching this flashback of kind of like their dying dreams yeah (laughs) is so sad It,
0: it really was
1: but then it's also beautiful because then he comes up on the stage and they perform together and you're like, oh, my gosh, in a way, they're like fulfilling their dreams like this is it's just so it was such a beautifully shot storyline. I just I loved it. I thought it was going to be corny. I really did. I was like, this is gonna be so freaking corny. And that's the thing about this drama is I feel like a lot of stuff could have been like super corny and it, it wasn't. so It was
0: executed really, really well
1: does so the mu- musical ends and say he uh goes home where she passes away
0: uh, does it make sense that she went home no. to pass away and not in the hospice no <laughs> that was another question of mine too like so she's lived in the hospice for months then she does her musical and then goes home but maybe yeah. maybe it's because she knew that that was it like that was you know there's nothing <sighs> and then else they, they, they were. Could do w-
1: and then they were, she wrote essentially like a note to the staff and they were reading it and I was losing my mind yeah. crying. I was crying so hard. I had to like pause it. She I was, was like, apologizing I for being mean and yeah. Yeah, which none of them ever took it seriously like, no. or took it personally. I'm sorry, because they know she's like in pain. She's dying and uh, that was- that just, I think that was like episode five or six around there and it just really got me.
0: It was really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so let's talk romantic chemistry. What do we think of our leads, Ji Chang Wook and Sue Young, as far as their on-screen connection?
0: I mean, this was the slowest of slow burn romances, and I bought every single second of it. Like, I truly believe I watched two people fall in love, like first fall into like a fun kind of friendship, and then fall in love. Like, I seriously like think that these two were meant to play romantic leads together. 100%
1: their chemistry is amazing and they were one of those couples i've talked about this before they were a couple who made me feel like they would make it long term
0: Mm -hmm. like i fully believed it that they would stay together they even Um, talk about it they're like i love that they even like talk about like do we have a future and like yeah at
1: the very end he draws them as as old as elderly and it's like i hope i get to see you like this i want to see you like this meaning (sighs) like i want to grow old with you i was like now that was freaking cool as hell that was good i loved it um, and he does and
0: draw I, throughout the drama, too. So he didn't just yeah. randomly draw her as an older woman. Craw- yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, of course he can draw because yeah. he's Yosuke Ray. But I would say, too, that they didn't just have a romantic chemistry, but they had like a friend yes. chemistry.
0: That's I mean, like you and see I, them fall into friendship and then fall into love. Absolutely. Kind of thing.
1: They were like supporting each other. They wanted the best for each other. I mean, I would say Gio Rey definitely hurt her a couple times because he's a little misguided and, like, emotionally stunted. But it was because he thought he was doing the best thing for her. And to a, to a degree, like, I thought he was kind of right. Like, he was definitely bringing drama and problems to the hospice. Yeah. And he's like, maybe I should just freaking leave so, like, no one at the hospice gets hurt or I cause, like, funding issues or whatever. So he, like, left and it happened, like, twice. And both times I kind of didn't blame him. I was like, yeah, I mean, you probably – are causing a whole bunch of issues. But of course, you still are rooting for the couple. But it was, I just, I love them
0: together. Yeah, they were fantastic. So this might be the first drama where I don't have a solo second lead syndrome situation going on, but instead have like second lead syndrome for the whole second lead couple. Suk Jun played by Nam Se-hoon, as we already mentioned, and Ha Jun Kyung, played by Wan Jian. They, along with Kyo Rae, grew up as orphans. They, along with Kyo Rae, got roped into a life of crime in order to basically just stay alive. I cried almost as much for Suk in this drama as I did Gyo Rae. Both he and Jun Kyung are broken and starved for love, yet at the end of, and when I say both, I mean like Suk and Jun Kyung. I mean, all of them are, but like mm-hmm. these two side characters are broken and starved for love, yet at the end of the drama, they are on the road to healing and possibly to each other after Suk gets out of prison for trying to kill Gyo Rae. But like i want to write well,
1: because well he tried to kill him because June kyung asked him to right it was a whole thing it's a whole
0: I'm thing because like- June kyung thought that she was in love with kyore but really she just wanted to not be left you know kind of thing yeah. and so she was trying like the beginning of the drama like the reason why he's in prison and she is too is because they were trying to kill themselves and ended up starting a fire so they got you know put away for arson as soon as she gets out of prison basically forces him back to her by saying that she'll kill herself if he doesn't come back to her and then tries to convince him to take his own life too and long story short is she she knows that Sukjun is in love with her and so she's like if you care about me you will kill your and me when we don't know it's gonna happen <laughs> mm-hmm. things change she doesn't want that to happen anymore at the end but he is in you know sukjun is in a really bad place gyore is trying to kill his murderous father and so he's standing in the street holding his father and basically eggs Sukjun on you know to to run him over so that's why he's in jail but basically like you have hope for these two people at the end and i want to write them all the happily ever afters how about you
1: yeah, I mean, ah, oh, it's so hard because June Kyung. I mean, she's obviously so toxic, but I, I wouldn't even say she's toxic. I feel like all her relationships are toxic because she doesn't have a good foundation, right. On relationships, she needs she needs therapy. She does. Like she that's does the one therapy. thing.
0: That's my one quibble at the end of this drama is that she is not. She's boxing online, but like she's yeah. not getting professional help.
1: She was basically like a cam girl, so she, she like, mm-hmm. she—that was her crime. I, well, I don't. Is, is well, she was forced to do it. Yeah. Like, she was locked. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and she, she was locked was in a room. It. Yeah. So, oh man, I mean, I, I loved though what they did with her character. I, excuse me, meaning I loved that they gave her depth. They gave her reason. They, like, they made us understand her. They made us sympathetic. That she wasn't just this like static foil for the main couple, right? And I really, I really appreciate that. And once I realized that, like, Suk June had this, like, undying loyalty to her, I mean, I was like, oh, my God. By the end of the drama, I almost wanted to see them on screen more than, yeah. like, my beloved Gil Rae. Yeah. I'm always going to be a sucker for unrequited love. And the moment when Jun Kyung, like, really learned the truth that, you know, who Nam Tae Hoon was, how, how long he'd known her and cared for her. When they were kids. Suck That's like a whole... Tae Hoon is his real name. Oh, Suk-jun. <laughs> Uh Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, she was so broken. She thought everyone had abandoned her. And if it, that was... Her dependency on Gyorei was not about love. It was definitely about just being dependent on someone. She just didn't want to be left. She wanted someone with her. And, you know, she went into full panic mode when she learned the truth about Sukjun. And it was heartbreaking to watch i mean i was crying because she was like oh my gosh i i asked him to like kill for me i asked you know like this is uh, why did i you know you can tell she just is like what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> so, I mean, Suk Joon was a broken man and June Kyung was a broken woman. Um, but I think they understood each other and and saw the truth in each other. I, I will say at the very end, I was a little worried that June Kyung kind of just like replaced Gyo Rae with Suk Joon. And she was just going to be like essentially just dependent on another man. But they definitely gave her some more agency and they gave her like an independence. I mean, she was she still has this like fan base online. So she was like, okay, I'm still gonna, like, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, like, try to get healthy. And so I'm I'm gonna, like, box online, I'm gonna talk to you about how I'm gonna get healthy. And, like, do I think she needs therapy? Absolutely. But I still felt... Like, they were, I was almost, as much as I didn't want to Suck June in jail, I was like, that's probably the best for both it's, of them. It was
0: realistic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it was realistic. He should go to jail. And she needs to be on her own. Right. Like, she needs to learn that it's okay to be on her own and that no one abandoned her. And she does learn that because she learns that actually her mom, like, she thought her mom, like, left her at an orphanage. And what really happened was her mom died in a fire protecting her. Yeah. The little girl had no burns and her mom essentially like burnt. I mean, it was very tragic, but it was, you know, when she learned the truth, it was also kind of a light bulb in her head. And in my mind, she's getting therapy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So one of our favorite adjuices, Sung Dong Il, plays Supervisor Kang Tae-shik. He is the much needed father figure for Gyo Rie, partly because he's just a hell of a guy. But also, this is something we haven't talked about, like, outside the pod. Also, his greed earlier in life got him mixed up with a gangster who ends up being gyo Rey's abusive father. We'll get to that. And because of his greed and putting his business dealings first, on one fateful night when Yoon Ki-chan asks Taeshek to meet him at a quote-unquote business dinner, Taeshek drops his wife and son on the side of the road and tells them to get a taxi home. But remember, this is on the street at night <laughs> in a K-drama. So, of course, right after this, The wife and son are hit by a car and killed both of them. This is something that we have not talked about since watching the drama, but I need to hash it out now. I loved Taishik. I cried for him at the end. But, like, what do you think of his motivations? Like, do you think that he does what he does for Gyore out of the goodness of his heart? Or is it driven by guilt over what happened to his own son and the responsibility that he feels for it? I mean, I really think it's a
1: little bit of both. Because I think he wants to be a better person. I mean, that's a very clear yeah. goal for him. And I think he sees that he can make that happen for Ghiora. And he does recognize Ghiora as the son of his, like, gangster boss, the abuse son. And he was the one who told Ghiora, run away. Run away from your abusive father who, like, burns you with irons. Like, you know, we're not talking, like, <laughs> the abuse was Horrific, yeah, for little Guire. So, um, yeah, he tells Guire to run away, and I don't know. I think maybe part of him felt like oh, I told him to run away, and he still grew up, and his his life is kind of a mess. I don't. I mean, I would say it's 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 a little bit of both. I do think obviously he feels extreme guilt over what happens yeah. to his son, and he's like, I can do something for someone
0: else's son. Yeah, I do think that he has some altruistic motivation for sure. Like he wants to be a better man than he was. Like he realizes the error of his ways. And stuff like that. But it's, it's a messed up situation. And one thing that I didn't, like, realize until we get to the end of the drama is that other than going to his wife's grave and sort of talking to his wife at one point, like, he never really talks about that situation with anybody, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I wonder what that has been like for him for the past however many years, you know, living with that. it's There is some rough stuff in this drama, everybody. Mm-hmm. There there really is. Yeah. And a lot of
1: it, it's like everyone's got this like, ugh, depth and it's all emotional and it's hard. It is. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> which scene in this drama made you cry the
0: hardest? I mean, it was the end. The surprise beach birthday party for Gyore, where everybody, you know, had Gyore thinking that he was going to the funeral for Kongtashek before Kongtashek passes away because he does have cancer, which he was getting you know chemotherapy for but apparently a car accident sped up his demise (laughs) getting i mean we'll go with it (laughs) i know i know but yeah so so tashik basically plans he tells you know sends a text saying that he wants to have his own funeral before he dies and gilray like tries to resist tries to resist, and finally you know is convinced to go and when he gets to the beach it's a birthday party for him now he doesn't It's not his actual birthday, but, like, Tayshik is, like, you're being reborn now, like, with Team Genie. Like, this is the day – it's, you know, I mean, like, cheesy as it is, it's the first day of the rest of your life type of situation, and it's your new life. And it was – like, it it had the framework of, in the very beginning of the drama, when Gyore and Tayshik first happen upon each other, Gyore has his dog and his dying dog in his arms, and he's on the beach in his gangster suit and he is he's starting to walk into the water. He's like I just mm-hmm. we're just going to end it all right here. And Tayshuk stops him. And now here he is at the other end, you know, of the spectrum here and he is kind of like born again, like a new man mm-hmm. with a new goal in life, a new family like it was beautiful, and I cried so hard I was hyperventilating. Like,
1: yeah, I think I, I think I was whimpering.
0: Yeah, I was like, "Oh no, it's a birthday party!" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh "It my was God. one of those where I was like, Yeah like I would." It was like my ugliest, ugly cry face. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like, nope. "Nobody's in the house with me. I don't care. I'm just letting her rip." Like, I get it. Yeah, <sighs> I would say I cried hardest at that stupid
1: dog's death, <laughs> or or a duel. Oh my God, like it wasn't just the dog. It wasn't just the fact that the dog was dying. It was Guillory losing it. It was Team Genie supporting him. What they basically did is he's like holding his dying dog and they sit him in front of a chair and like show him like images of his. D- oh,
0: no, no, no. It's they- like a drive-in screen. That's it. Yeah. It's a
1: drive-in screen. And basically they let him trap essentially like showing scenes. They're letting him travel with a duel. Going down is, like, like going
0: down a road or a sidewalk. Down- yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I know. And the dog's like watching the screen, like loving it. I Just because you can tell, just shut up. You can, you can. And it's like, it was. And it was the emotional, di- and then the dog dies in his arms. It was emotional, and it was drawn out, and I hated it in a way because I was crying so hard. But it was so well done, and like I said, again, even the dog's death meant something for Guillory's story. In a way, the dog had to die because it was again taking away another crutch that Guillory right. had. Yeah that he kind of needed to shed and he really did turn a corner. Once the dog died, that's when he finally started wearing more athleisure <laughs> and like and like really devoting himself to the hospice. It was just a lot, like, it, it was an important scene. It was scene. a beautiful scene.
0: It really was. I'm and like, you know, you know, as soon as you know as soon as he sits down in that folding chair or whatever. Chair. Like, you know, okay, so the dog's gonna die now. Like, oh buckle up. Here we go. God damn!
1: Shout out to both Kong. <laughs> And this dog actor for dying beautifully. I will say runner up. This was again the end. So there is a staff member who we this was a kind of a really good twist, but there's a staff member who has dementia and we don't know it. And one of like the wishes that her husband has for her is he wants her to be able to go to was it like Norway
0: or Sweden? It's it's called like the dementia village, right? And yeah. I looked it up. I'm gonna look it up right now. So now, it's in the Netherlands.
1: The Netherlands. Yeah. Okay. So her husband wants her to be able to go to this village in the Netherlands, which is built specifically for, you know, dementia, memory loss patients. It's like a whole village that's set up. Where they have a
0: convenience store and a hair salon and everybody there is basically somebody who works for the dementia village. Right. And cares for the patients.
1: And in the end, like, I'm like, where's the storyline going? How are they freaking getting her to the Netherlands? And then they don't. And in the very end, it's like the it's like after the birthday, because it's like it it's flashes forward. They don't actually show Tashik dying. Thank God. I know, but they do speed forward and they show that he has passed. But it's not like they show the funeral. They, they, it's more like a memorial for. Like uh, they have like a memorial for him in the hospice and things. And then they show this character, and she's like getting her hair done, and then she hands over genie dollars, and then you realize. They built Team Genie made a their own. whole yeah. like village for memory loss and dementia patients, and I am like I am streaming tears at this point that they built this for her. I'm losing it because well, there's more just, patients then because there's to, more patients. Yeah, there's more.
0: Like so, how there's how they're managing this and a hospice? I don't know. I don't. And I don't, I don't care. Know. And I get I, I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Don't care.
1: It is. I mean, I but it, I mean, I'm cr- I'm crying for for uh, it's just so special, so beautiful. It's this whole village with a freaking bus. I mean, I just. I loved it, and I cried really. I—that's I, the thing. I was like, "Oh my god, I need this drama to freaking be up for the whole the whole last episode it kept making me cry."
0: So this drama, surprisingly, has a lot of comedy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like thing. we've talked about all of this hard, you know, sad stuff, but there are a lot of funny moments. Yeah, and I—I I love that we got that because it was a—it was a pretty good balance, I would say. So, what scene made you laugh the hardest?
1: So Ji Chang Wook and Soo Young have a first date, and. It is hilarious for a lot of reasons. <laughs> so first of all, when he asks her, he won't look her in the eye. They're like cleaning up the kitchen. And he's like, want to go out on a date with me? And he's looking down at the teapot. And she's like, are you asking the teapot out on a date? And because he has to like cover up. He's just like, yeah, actually, I want to go on a date with the teapot. Like, do you want to come too? <laughs> and so they go on this date and you notice they're carrying the teapot it's with them. so cute. On this date. And the, then the date itself is very funny
0: because um, he says that she can pick what they do. There is that, right? Like yeah. he, he does say that. Yes.
1: So let me explain first. Sue Young, I, I want to talk about this because this is one thing I actually really loved about Sue Young. So she's into working out. But what I love the most about it was working out wasn't framed as anything about vanity. It was about Sue Young wanting to be physically strong. That's what it was about. And, you know, it related back to how when she was younger, her mother was dying of cancer. God, there's a lot of cancer in that <laughs> drama. Jeez. Yeah. And Sue Young uh, basically had to like carry her mom down these like the, the, like the stairs outside their apartment. And there's she always struggled. stairs that, always how a do, million how stairs. Do,
0: how do, how do like emergency medical people get no, man. to people who live up there?
1: So it's like in my mister when he was carrying ET granny on his <laughs> back. So she was carrying <laughs> her mom on her back, but she was like young and not very strong. Yeah. And so she always vowed from that point on that she wanted to be strong, physically strong for her loved ones. She wanted to be able to carry anyone on her back that she needed to. And I thought that entire thing was very cool. I love that about Sue Young. Because at one point, like someone gifts her uh, like a barbell and she thinks it's like, or a little dumbbell handheld, you know, and she thinks it's the best thing. So anyway, on the date, she makes him do all this athletic stuff. They're like rock climbing. I don't even, I don't even remember some, something else. And he's dressed really nicely in like a suit. He's trying to impress her. And she's making him do all this stuff. And it's so funny. He's exasperated, but she's having a great time. And they keep, they bring this teapot. Along, like they're like, at one point, they're walking and the teapot's like swinging between them. At the end of the date, they are riding a bike together and sitting on the basket (laughs) at the front of the bike is the freaking teapot. And I just like, like carrying that joke all the way through is just good writing. It's adorable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. And I totally forgot about the teapot until you brought it up. So I love that so much. I mean, there is a lot of comedy. And so one of the things that I really liked is there's a scene we talked about it on a different episode of the pod, but so hopefully this isn't, Oh, we did, but it's still so good. It's still so good. Right. So there is a scene where, so Su Young's character is a nurse at the hospice and she basically moonlights as a volunteer. So like her volunteer stuff that she does for team genie is in addition to being an actual nurse at the hospice. So she's always exhausted and she's sitting at the nurse's station and she's fallen asleep. And she's, like, her head's, like, bobbing, and she could, like, smash into the table, like, at any moment. And so, Yore is there, and he catches her head before she passes out, basically, and knocks her, you know, cracks her head open. And then she wakes up and is, like, why are you grabbing my hair? You don't know that because she's reaching for him and you think this is going to be like a cute romantic moment. And she grabs his mm. hair. She grabs his hair like by the back of the head. And then they're in this like weird like standoff, pulling each other, standing up and pulling each other's hair and like, whoa, 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 yeah. like, like yelling at each other. And like, so there's funny. nothing he can do to get out of it. Cause like, he can't like the moment is, you know, the moment is passed. So it's really and funny. And he doesn't want to confess that he was like being cute. No, cause it's before they're dating. Yeah. So it's, it was just, it was super cute, super funny cause he was being super sweet and romantic. And then she does not react to it romantically because she doesn't know what he's doing and it was very, she's very so funny. tough i yeah, love her It was, but she's funny. like she's
1: the biggest heart and she's so sweet that's what i loved about her is she had this like strong physical female but she was like still had this like big heart i don't know it's just she didn't feel like a character that's right
0: no i mean that's what i'm saying like as bonkers as some shit got here Like, there was enough depth to these characters that, like, I believe them in any scenario. I keep reminding myself that I fell in love with K-dramas watching Yoon-suri paraglide through a tornado into North Korea. (laughs) And if I can accept that. I can accept this. (laughs) I can accept anything.
1: I mean, well, related to that. (laughs) This drama often tosses logic out the window when it comes to much of the plot. So which scene or plot point, when thought about from a logical standpoint, is totally bonkers, but we don't care about it being bonkers.
0: So we've talked about like the violent showdown in the hospice and the fact that like nobody calls the police and everybody convenes inside a hospice to have this violent showdown. The actual gang fight, like an actual gang fight. In the lobby.
1: I mean, people are, like, trying to stab each other. It is like they're trying to kill each other in the lobby of the hospice and no one comes out. There's no security ever. There are no security
0: guards. No. None. Nothing. Nothing. And, like, <laughs> nobody calls the police and everybody knows that, like, this showdown is going to be happening. Like, it's not a surprise. <laughs> like, even even Soo Young's character, she's like, yep, we're going to do this. But, like, here's the part that just blows my mind, even though I was here for it. So we've got Hyo-Rei's father- who, you know, he Abusible. ran away from years yeah. and years ago. We find out is a supposed comatose patient being hidden in the last room on the fourth floor in the hospice. He's been hidden in secret for years. Why? Why you ask? Well, the reason. Not for I'm, years. It's not been for years?
1: No. Oh, wait. Maybe it has been for years.
0: I think it has been like a few years, not like a ton.
1: Yeah. Or has it been it's months?
0: It's been a, it's been a subs- I think you know what? I don't, think, I don't think they ever say how long it's been.
1: It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it doesn't, matter.
0: doesn't even matter if it's been a week. No. It doesn't make it sense. It doesn't matter because listen to this. Because yes. listen to this. So, yeah, I don't know when it happens. So, yeah, because it's, it's after Taishik has lost his family, right? hmm Yeah, they don't make it clear when it happens. So they don't it, make it clear, but again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But here's okay. what happens. So, Taishik and Gyore's father fight, like, in the woods by the hospice, and Taishik pushes him, and he falls and whacks his head on a rock, and, you think, dies. But then people from the hospice find him and they're like, oh, no, we can't let Tayshik be a murderer. Oh, because wasn't, was didn't he like record Tayshik on He his recorded phone? it. He recorded it. And they're like, we can't let him die. We can't let him die. Because then, Tay- then Tayshik
1: will be a murderer. Because then Tayshik so will be a murderer. we're going to keep
0: him alive in secret. We'll keep him alive in secret in the hospital, <laughs> in the hospice. So here's the thing. <laughs> so Young's character knows about it and as does every other volunteer at the hospice, but not our poor type A doctor. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. yet they're using drugs to keep him sedated. He's got a full beard and long hair, so he's been there for some time. You're right. Right? It's been at least months. Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because the part that I can't figure out is you're at a medical facility where you have to log every like vial of morphine that you use. Like they even make a point of like you know showing all the morphine in the safe because the gangsters yeah. are trying to steal it. How is the doctor? How is our poor type A doctor man not like? Where are, is this my medicine morphine? going? <laughs> and why is this door locked? Like he does he does rounds. Like does he not wonder what's in this room? It's nuts. It's the weirdest. And probably. the fact is he's not in a coma. He's perfectly alive and walking around the hospice at night
1: i mean that's the cra- that's the craziest <laughs> part to me the the i gotta i gotta tell you the amount of people that wander around this hospice who like who aren't they have this the hospice they don't have visitor tags there's no security i'm talking like this hospice is just the wild west like <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy like i think i i think that was one thing i put in slack at one point i was like dude What is going on in this hospital? Like, why are people just wandering around? This patient at one point is just wandering around with sharp scissors, and you're just like, "What? Where did he get the scissors? Are they not locking up sharp scissors? Like, where is he getting these
0: shears? It's crazy, and like, it's crazy. Would they not lock him in the room? Well, that's another thing too. He's Like, he's a gangster. They know he has come and tormented Tayshig at the hospice before and like caused damage at the hospice, has hurt people at the hospice, and they know who he is. Like, they, it's not like there's this random, he hit a, he hit a patient. (laughs) He's like, I'm sorry. He's like a terrible man and they know it.
1: So crazy. So how are
0: they not locking him in the room? (laughs)
1: so crazy it is so nuts and then of course he ends up being Ray's father which i just want to say as soon as i saw like some bearded man in the bed i was like that's Ray's father like i knew like i'm just saying i just want to i know i didn't tell you but i believe you i
0: believe you swear to
1: god i was like this is this is happening and then i mean that whole thing too is like gyo Rey knows, so at one point his father, he knows his father is awake and out of the coma, but he doesn't tell anyone, and his father pretends to not remember who he is. Like, Gichun is like, I don't know who I am, which is an act. And even when Gyo-Rei knows it's not an act, he still just, like, lets him in the hospice? Like, he's like, no, like, he still is, you know what I mean? I know. The whole thing is- and then his gangster buddies are like, we gotta go break Gichun out of the hospice. I'm like, Gichun can walk out on his own. Like, he doesn't need any help. He need
0: any But then he help. wants at to steal point, all the
1: morphine, but not to sell. At one point, he's just walking around in his nice suit. Like, somehow he got his gangster suit back, and he's just walking around. I mean, and he's it spreading is- rumors about Gilray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! The head, Cause head he nurse! Because
2: he stabs
1: the... Oh, yeah, he stabs the social worker. He tells the head nurse... To spread rumors about Gyore. It's crazy. Like, that's what I mean. The end starts to go completely nuts.
0: And what you find out is that the the asshole gangster guy who's been chasing down Gyorei and sending Sukjun after him Mm -hmm. is basically Gyorei's father's minion. So, like, Mm -hmm. the crime lord that Gyorei has been working for ever since he was, like, a teenager is his father. (laughs) And it's like no one does put know. puzzle
1: pieces together. I mean, it's uh, whatever. That's I, why I
0: wonder if it was years because how did Gilray never have any contact with the president? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's it's I I, I don't know. And you know what?
1: It doesn't really matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. I still loved it. Like I still loved it, and I still thought that Gilray healed from his emotional wounds. I mean, I still think he needs therapy.
0: He does. But he learned that you don't have to bear pain in silence. Like, that's what, you know, that's what Su-Young's character – he overheard Su-Young's character talking to another hospice patient saying, like, you can say when you hurt. Like, you should say when you hurt. Like, let people help you. And so he's getting there. I love – and I really love that. Like, that whole part where (sighs) –
1: that's what I'm saying when we talked about like the chemistry and how they became friends first. Like they really started caring about each other as people. Because Sue Young was like again showed Gil Ray, okay, you can be, you can, you can let us know your emotions. You can tell us you're in pain. And I think Gil Ray really respected that about her. I think he just saw like another way to live, and that he'd never seen before.
0: We keep forgetting her like name in the show. It's Yunju. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, we've been saying Soo Young like the I whole time. I keep saying Soo ca- No, I've been
0: saying like Su Young's character because I can't well, remember. So I'm sorry, it's Youngju. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. She's awesome. And yeah, I just I I I love that
1: relationship so much. I would have I mean I would watch them star in a drama together again. Yeah. They I'm were that saying like their good.
0: chemistry was fantastic. It really yeah, was. And
1: I know she has a real life boyfriend and they're cute too. It's Dr. um what's the hospital playlist? Jun won Yeah. His, Kim Jun won Oh,
0: Kim Jun Wan. Sorry.
1: His name is Jung Kyung Ho in real life.
0: Yes. And they've been together for so, a while. They have. Yeah. They have. And they're very
1: cute. But yeah, I, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there, I can't think of another plot point that was as bonkers as that whole patient thing. And I feel like when they started really getting into that, like Gil Ray's dad, that's when things started really going haywire. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't care again. Cause I was like, I just want yeah. everyone to have an HEA. So I'm just going to keep watching. Right.
0: Like that, yeah, that, and June Kyung bouncing off of an obstacle. Which is, I won't, I'll never be over that. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Okay, so anything else we need to get off our chests about the drama?
0: I don't think so. I just, I think what this drama is teaching has taught me, and what a lot of dramas have taught me, is that if you write good characters who can really bring out the emotion of the situation, that you can have some goofy plot holes and stuff like that and it doesn't matter because what i'm really here for is the emotion that it's going to bring me and like like you said like the catharsis that we got out of a lot of the vignettes and stuff
1: yeah i mean honestly give them a goal motivation and conflict and i'll give them a good gmc and i will follow them even if it's far-fetched i will follow them through a love tunnel through a hell bridge with flying knives through a tornado uh,
0: into north korea
1: through yeah in a hospice gang fight anything I will follow them.
0: I mean, I don't think that Gilray had to smash the computer monitor before. No, the fight I don't know it why he did that. before <laughs> it even started. I feel like the drama was just like, let's make it chaotic. <laughs> like he screams. Like everybody's he like, does. everybody's like, what's going on here? And he screams and smashes a computer, and it's like that was not necessary. Like who's paying for that, today? Right. <laughs> I hope hospice <Auschwitz> has insurance. <laughs> I do have a question concerning the end. I do know – I know that Tayshik, like, left money to establish, like, a fund for the hospice. But, like, are they still volunteers, or are they making a living now? Because everybody was a volunteer. How?
1: (laughs) It's a very good question, because I'm like, you has got it, like, right? Is he, like, hired by the hospice now, even though he has
0: absolutely zero credentials?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm just know. gonna pretend yeah. like he does. I'm gonna pretend.
0: Tayshik was Tayshik was saving and saving money, like every dollar that he got. So I'm just gonna right. pretend that he put away enough over the years to pay everyone's salary.
1: Yeah, and now he's just in perpetuity. <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend. Just totally pretend. It oh was a gosh. really good ending. I will say for a drama that was this, I felt like a lot of very satisfying endings. Yeah. Agree. Like, it didn't feel like it fizzled out, I guess I should say. For as much as they put you through, I feel like they were really pounding home, these people are happy
0: now. Yes. Like, (laughs) everybody, everybody had a road forward at the end who was still alive. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Those who were still alive had a road forward. It was still alive. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. True. True. Even, even poor, like, Suck June in prison. He was still really happy. Yeah.
0: And I think, I think things are going to turn around for him. I, I,
1: Oh, poor guy. Even the doctor.
0: Even the doctor. Who I feel
1: like deserves a second male lead SOS. I might have to write him one.
0: I want to write one for Suck Jun and, and Jun Kyung. Yes. Like I want to write them their like own we story. Can,
1: I feel like we can make an exception. Because they're like, they a second lead
0: couple who's in need of an SOS. Absolutely. I think you should do it. I'm oh, going to put God, some therapy so in there just so you know. Yeah.
1: And the actor, they're the actress who plays Jun Kyung. Beautiful. Yes. Like, stunningly gorgeous. Her Wan name Jian. is Wan Jian. Yeah. And she is stunning. I loved her so much.
0: And plays the she part really well. Like, she, I mean. Oh, my God, yeah.
1: Because yeah. she used to be, like, tough. She's, like, walking around wearing all black in her combat, combat boots. And then, you know, she has, like, a chip on her shoulder. And, oh, man. She's great.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we're going to say thumbs up for this drama.
1: Yeah. I think you should watch it if you haven't, if you made it. Well, now that we spoiled everything and you haven't watched it. But... Yeah, we loved it. I want to hear if you love it, too.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We will not yep. all be back together next week.
1: I'm sorry. I'll next be Next week, it'll be
0: me and Leah. But then, mm-hmm. right after that. After that, we'll we back are together back together. together. So until yeah, next time, back. everyone. Yep. Thanks for listening. Annyeong. Annyeong. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon and Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T.